Today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. U.S. midterm elections uh, will be next Tuesday. Uh, and to suggest that this has been one of the most uh, hate-filled and vitriolic elections in recent history, I think is a massive understatement. Uh, it just seems to get worse. And when you don't think it's going to get any worse, uh, they just dial it down even more. Uh, the most recent is a uh, racially charged national political ad uh, that President Donald Trump and the Republican Party accused the Democrats of plotting to help people that they depict as Central American invaders overrun America with cop killers. This is what this this is an actual ad. It's a new web video. It's tweeted by the president five days before the midterm elections. Uh, the most extreme step yet in the most inflammatory closing arguments of any campaign in recent history. The Trump campaign ad is the latest uh, example of the president's willingness, to, according to CNN, to lie and fearmonger in order to tear at racial and societal divides to embrace democracy and to bolster his own political power. It's a video produced by the Trump campaign. This is not a third-party ad- advertiser. This is the Trump campaign. It features a, a Mexican man who uh, had previously been deported but returned to the United States to kill uh, two California deputies, and he's quoted as saying, I killed and I'm going to kill more. And then the, there's a little line under there that says, Democrats let him into the country, Democrats will let him stay. Uh, and on and on it goes. And this is actually endorsed by Donald Trump. It's, it's by the Trump campaign, uh, which is heretofore, under, un, well, uh, very unusual. So how is this going to play? Because uh, we've heard about the accusations, and, and you've heard about what he's talked about, about these people that are coming up through Central America right now. Uh, he's intimating, of course, and, and being very blunt about it in many of the speeches that he's making, that uh, that these are actually terrorists that are disguised as refugees, uh, that these are people that are going to rape and kill people as soon as they cross the border. Uh, and he's, he's basically sending U.S. troops down there for a confrontation when and if this should occur. Uh, who's buying into this right now, and what kind of an impact is it going to have on the election? Let's uh, bring Elliot Tepper into the conversation, uh, Professor Emeritus of Political Science from Carleton University. Elliot, so good to have you on the program again. Thanks so much for being with us today. Good morning, Bill. Well, I, I've seen some pretty ugly stuff over the last number of years in, in my time, whether it's the Johnson-Goldwater stuff or some of the other things that have gone on. But uh, I don't know that anything has, as compared to what we've seen over the last couple of months here. It's down and dirty, and it's closing time. So this is the the clinching moments of the election, and the Republicans are fighting hard, and Trump is fighting the hardest of all. This is all about let's divert attention from the successful campaign uh, efforts of the Democrats, who are focusing primarily on health care. Let's not talk about health care, and let's instead talk about fear, fear of the others, I'll protect you, things that have worked very well for him in the past. But what hasn't been noticed sufficiently, Bill, is that, yes, indeed, this might work, in the sense that a lot of people don't pay attention to the uh, election till just before the election. There have been record numbers of people voting in advance. The pre, pre-poll uh, mail-in ballots and so forth have been extraordinarily healthy this year. However, uh, we have no idea, because we don't have the polling on it, how many people were undecided, how, where the independents are going. This is a 50-state election. You can't get these kind of figures. The pollsters who now admit that they've gotten a lot of elections wrong in recent years are saying it's because a lot happens. The election gets uh, determined in the final days uh, after the polling has more or less stopped. So is this going to work? It's entirely possible that it will, at least for a lot of people. 
Uh, that, that's, I think, the biggest concern. I mean, in, as we watch this from the outside, we, like, uh, how could how could people actually, you know, cling to something like this and 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 say, yeah, this is true. This is, because uh, you think this is just it's it's almost fiction. Uh, but at the same time, you're right. People are gravitating to this, and and this is really a variation. Although I think he's ramped it up a little bit of the same sort of tactics he used to get elected in the first place. It was fear, and it got him elected. Yeah, in the first place. Uh, we should also keep in mind a couple other things. One of the quiet factors in this election is that the economy is booming. And in, in a year when you have elections and the economy is going well, that favors the party in power. And the party in power in this case, uh, the Democrats can say all they want, although they haven't even been saying it. Look, this is really the Obama economy, and it's going to bottom out, and it's going to come back to bite you when the Republicans managed to dismantle the protections that America has had under Obama. But the strength of the economy is an underlying strength for the party in power, and that includes Donald Trump. And if he can successfully do what he's very good at, which is changing the, changing the dialogue, changing what's going on, away from things he doesn't want you to look at, in this case, surging Democrats, based on some policies that are... Uh, harmful to his party, toward things that work for him, well, he's been barnstorming on this. And, and, of course, he's got the control of the military, and he's sending them down there. So, I mean, he's creating a narrative right now that yes. is dominating the news cycle. That's, and you just put the, word, the right word on it. This is dominating the news cycle instead of other things. So things that are favorable to the Republicans are now coming to the fore at the crucial climatic moments of of an election, which in turn is indeed crucial. You know what's interesting about this? Uh, we talked about this, uh, I guess, two years ago during the, the presidential campaign itself, uh, is that the media were, were just chastising Trump and saying, this guy can't be taken seriously, uh, and, and for heaven's sakes, don't vote for this guy. Yet they gave him oodles of time on primetime television every night. Free. Uh, for free. And they're doing it again. Yes. He's, <laughs> he's underestimated as a politician. Uh, he was underestimated by the, what, 18 or so Republicans who were running against him, or that he was running against when he entered the nomination process. He was underestimated in, once he actually clinched the nomination, and he perhaps is being underestimated now. And also, let's stand back from this a bit and take a look at some other figures. Something like 90% of the Republican Party support him. So the and the evangelical support for him, as we've talked about, has gone up, not down, despite uh, some of the things we've been hearing in the news about his personal um, behavior. So the people who elected him last time are still backing him this time, in addition to the strength of the economy. Uh, there's just a new poll out that uh, the Harris poll said that 46% of Republican registered voters said they associate with Trump, not the party, 25%, not 46%, 25% say they associate with the party itself. So he has enormous devotion uh, by Republican voters, even more than they say they are Republican, they're Trump people. It's, it's, it's not a political movement, it's a cult movement. Well, whatever it is, uh, it's not to be underestimated. The Moving to the midterms itself... Uh, it's quite clear that this is an effort to diversify, I'm sorry, to uh, take people's attention away, to 
diversify the attention away from health care and other issues working for the Democrats. But, uh, and it's also not at all clear how the final moments are going to play out. But what's going to happen uh, in the Senate? What's going to happen in the House? And what we've been hearing all along, it's about 80% chance the Democrats are going to take the House. And Nancy Pelosi, I think unwisely, is saying, oh, yeah, we've got it. That's always a mistake. Yeah. Uh, and the Senate, well, the Republicans are confident they're going to take that. The, the difference between this 80% and 20% and, you know, the House versus the Senate, those numbers haven't changed. What has changed, Bill, is this, that initial 80%, and, you know, on one side and on the other side, who's going to take the House, who's going to take the Senate, initially it was, yes, the Democrats are going to definitely take the House, and they have a slim possibility of taking the Senate. Now it's the Republicans have a definite possibility, you know, they're, they're going to take the, the Senate, and a slim possibility of holding the House. So the numbers haven't changed, the overall trend hasn't changed, but the reckoning within that has changed. And, and the way this is happening, and, and this is one of the things that I was somewhat surprised about, but obviously when you look at some of the way the, the polling numbers have changed over the last 10 days, Elliot, maybe not. Uh, but uh, when the economy booming as it is, and yep. and there is an argument to be made that this is really just the tail end of the the Obama push, and he's, he's riding that wave. He's never going to admit that, of course. No. But you'd think that, you know... And, uh, and the Democrats can't make that stick. Well, yeah, and not... You know, I, 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 we continue to be underwhelmed by the Democrats with the, the way they've run campaigns. I, obviously, the presidential campaign, but even through the midterms, uh, it's a pretty strong indication here, Elliot, that these guys are just walking to the finish line, figuring we've got this. We're going to win the house. Uh-huh. We might even pick some up, and and they they take their foot off the gas as they always have done in the last couple of uh, election cycles, and it costs them, and it may cost them in this one. Yes, there's a flood of money coming in to the Democrats, and the Democrats are using it effectively, perhaps, to get uh, the ground game going to be sure that people actually show up. And this is another thing to discuss, is who's going to show up to vote. Yeah. The Republican voting base is absolutely reliable to the degree it's older and white, and male for that matter, and but women as well. These are people who reliably turn out to vote, if they're Democrats as well. But the Democrats are relying on people who are not likely uh, to show up in the same kind of percentages. So elections are won by people who show up to vote, and the Democrats are relying on millennials and minorities, and these are groups which tend not to vote in as large, a, 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 as high a proportion. So that's, that's another part of this equation. Well, and I know that those numbers were up uh, marginally, of course, when Barack Obama ran the first time, but yeah. uh, but that's because they had somebody that, uh, right. that that polarized that support, and they could say, we've got to stand by this. Midterms, it's a little more difficult. Uh, you've got a sitting president who obviously is a focal point of the campaign. Uh, the Democrats really don't have anybody to, to take the standard. So and say, local one, yeah. one after the other after the other. Another maxim or guideline for watching elections is, you know, the the job is to expand your own base and suppress the opposition's base. And we know, for example, that's what the Russians were up to in a lot of what they were up to in their apparent hacking uh, and attacks in the last election. They were just trying to stir up enough enough dissension in America and its weak spots to get people to say, well, what the heck, I'm not going to take part in this election. So uh, voter suppression, overtly or covertly, or strong or, or weak, 
is going to play a role. Everybody's watching Georgia right now, where the sitting attorney general has spent years basically rigging the the electoral system for the Republicans, and now he's he's leaving the attorney general's role and and running for governor uh, and saying, oh, yeah, I I can be fair about this. And we've got images in Georgia of black uh, African-American, mainly women, but African-American voters on a bus trying to find a way to get to a place they can actually register and being stopped by the police and pulled off the bus. So right in front of our eyes, if you watch it, uh, uh, Stacey Adams, I mean, the the Democrat who's running there uh, is is an African-American woman in Georgia who's running neck and neck right now against a system that's clearly been rigged against the Democrats. And we haven't even touched about the gerrymandering that's gone on over the last number of years by the Republican Congress. Which takes us also to another uh, topic, Bill, which is we're talking about the federal level, which is good, but there's governorships up across across America, a lot of them. And something like 26 of the states, 24 to 26 states, there have been restrictive measures put in place to basically suppress uh, democratic votes a lot of those states are now up for are open and across beyond that there's a large number of governorships that are held by republicans where the democrats might well do uh, do pretty well this time so keep an eye also below the level of the federal uh, who's going to control house and senate to who's going to control the governorships and the houses where redistricting takes place, where gerrymandering takes place, where voter suppression can can take place. So uh, the Democrats are likely to have a pretty good night on the governorship side. But it's, it's got to be troubling for them to think that, you know, five weeks ago they thought this, they, they had this thing in the bag, especially when it came to the House of Representatives. Uh, and, and, you know, they, and they thought they had a shot at actually winning some Senate seats as well. Uh, and the, and the the more egregious Trump's behavior has been, the the more support the the Republicans seem to garner. Yes, although his his support had sh- shot up for him what, to above fifty <laughs> percent, and uh, but it's dropped four points in the last week. So uh, the, the popularity of the president normally is a big consideration. In this case, it doesn't seem to be as a determining factor. Although probably a lot of the House seats that are up now. Uh, for contention are because the incumbent Republican decided not to run at a time when the president's approval rating was so low, they thought it was a good time to get out, leaving open seats, and therefore the possibility maybe, even in Republican areas, that Democrats might might come in. One thing we might talk about uh, is the post-election scene, because yeah. everybody's so far, as we should be, focusing on what's going to happen Tuesday night. It's going to be, for me, a very late night, and for all junkies... But what, what about after the election? Assuming that the polls are correct, and, and, I, and, I, and I caution you that this election is not over, it could still be a big blowout for the Democrats, for example, or the Republicans might even hold, hold the House. We don't know. But after the election, uh, a few things. If, the Democrat, if we, you know, Democrats take the House and the Republicans take the Senate, What's going to happen, among other things, is if you're looking for civility in American politics to come back, that's not going to happen, no. uh, for sure. But another thing to keep an eye on is Mueller is going to come back. Uh, the Mueller investigation has been keeping deliberately a low profile. 
during the electro during the cycle as the voting is you know ramping up and carrying on he's been very discreet but i think that's likely to end right after the midterms are over so the kinds of things about uh collusion and and cover up and also follow the money which i think is the most promising line for those who think uh, donald trump is vulnerable Mueller, i think will be back uh i think a lot of top GOP people are going to be out. That is, people appointed by the president might well be gone. I think Mattis is clearly uh, clearly um, being rumored, and now there's rumors about that, that, that actually John Bolton is spreading the rumors that Mattis is out. <laughs> so there's rumors about that. But he's not likely to be the only one. People that the, uh, Trump has appointed in the past that have disappointed him by saying, you know, Mr. President, you just said X, and it can't happen. It, is, it isn't just you know, Paul Ryan who's not running. Uh, it's Dan Coates, the head of uh, intelligence, and maybe, maybe even uh, the FBI director, Ray, uh, because they've said, Mr. President, no. And watch, of course, for, for session. The attorney general of the United States is almost certainly to go. Lindsey Graham is openly campaigning for the job. Uh, we saw that during the Kavanaugh hearings. Yeah, I mean that that was that was his. What you saw in the Kavanaugh hearings, his audition tape was exactly his audition. Well put, Bill. That's right. <laughs> so, <laughs> and of course, then Rodenstein can go, and then the Mueller investigation is in question. So there's going to be a lot of things to watch for after the election. And we'll talk about it uh, when the dust settles, if it ever does. Elliot, thanks as always. I really appreciate the time today. Always a pleasure. Take care. That's uh, Elliot uh, Tepper, of course, uh, Professor Emeritus uh, Political Science at Carleton University. Uh, it's it's a game changer. And there are, as Elliot said, there are international implications uh, for what could happen in this election. Uh, don't forget, this uh, new trade deal that uh, was hammered out between uh, Mexico, Canada, and the United States has not yet been ratified. And if there's a significant change in, in the Congress down in the States, that could be in peril, too. We'll see next week. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.